Hey, well, this is the first Sunday of the year, and you are in church. That makes you 100% on your church attendance for the year. Celebrate. You're in the house of God. Come on. Come on, church. Come on. Come on. Come on. Love it. Love it. Love it. Thank you all for being here. Let's put our hands together for our new guest. If it's your first time with us, let's celebrate them. We're grateful you're here. And... Um, I believe you're going to like it. So, <laughs> so yeah. Hey, uh, we just brought our offering to God, our Greater House offering, a couple weeks ago. And um, number one, before I get into that, did it feel pretty weird to not have church last Sunday? Yeah. Felt kind of weird. Good. I missed you too. <laughs> but, um in 2017, we gave our, uh, I don't have it written, it was the gift of generosity. It was the genius of generosity was the series, but we brought our gift of generosity in 2017. Yeah. And um, Savior applause. But that year, as a church, we, we brought uh, $13,000, and we had about 110 people attending uh, at the time. Uh, and the maximum capacity, 2018, we always, we always pray that it doubles every year. That's always the prayer of faith. Uh, last year, and two, the year before, in 2018, for the maximum capacity, uh, we were about a church of about 220. And uh, we brought an offering of 27,000, a little bit over 27,000. And uh, like I said, we were praying. We were praying. And um, it brings me... A lot of joy to let you know that uh, you brought, uh, man, I'm trying to live in the moment of last service. It was so perfect because Sam came out here, and as soon as I said 50, she screamed. <laughs> and I couldn't finish my number, and so I said, we brought $50, <laughs> and we're closing our doors next Sunday. Can't afford to be here anymore. But uh, some of you know that to not be true. You guys brought to the Lord 58,372 dollars and 50 cents. Yes. Amen. 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 Wow. Wow, wow, wow. And um, so we're excited. We are excited about that. Um, if you're new, maybe, or if you're not uh, accustomed to things of faith, maybe you're like, why are they clapping? They gave money. <laughs> oh, that's the culture we have here. We, we're, we're a generous church, and we celebrate when we give. And for some of you, it was your first time giving. For, for some of you, it was the first time you ever gave that much um, in an offering ever in church. And so I celebrate your faith and, and your trust um, and I know it's a spiritual thing, you're bringing it to God, but the Bible teaches in Hebrews 7 around verse 8 that you're also bringing it to men who die. So when you bring your offering, you're, you're handing it to an usher, you're bringing it to the staff, the pastors, and, and you're, you also have to trust man in the process, that they're going to do God's work with the resource. And so a lot of you may ask, so what are you going to do with that 58? And so um, I know you don't talk like that, but... You know, I got to change the voice a little bit. But, um, well, you know, we, we move into a new building um, next month. And so, <laughs> brand new building, um, new building, the first of many. 
And um, so we're going to be building that out, and there's already reserve, and we're, we're good with starting the work. We could even finish our phase one without the offering, but uh, this brings us more. Uh, we can leverage this offering for kids' curriculum and, um, and, and our outreach partnerships with FSI and um, the many different things that God has called us to. We're going to start international um, giving to international missions, and our goal is to send our first missions team next year um, to build churches. And um, we, think, we think we're going to partner up with an outfit called Hope Project. Right now they're in Guatemala, Myanmar. Someone help me out, Nick, Nicaragua. I'm trying to, blah, blah, blah. I, can't, I can't roll that thing. Blah, Nicaragua. Okay, so, yeah. But what they do is they build churches, they build schools, they build homes, and they share the gospel. And it's just getting our feet wet. And uh, we can't do everything, but we can do something. And then so I, I can't wait for the day that we come up here and I say, man, we gave a million dollars as a church. We're well on our way. We can celebrate that. So with that, we doubled. So next year we're praying for over 120. Well, actually this year in December, 120 grand, but I'm a futuristic. I always live in the future. Let's always get criticized. Can we live here now? And I'm like, no, we have more work to do. 120 in December, but praise the Lord. All right, let's get into our series. We're in a brand new series entitled More. Every January, we start the year with a 21-day fast and prayer season. And um, about a year ago, God put this theme more on my heart. And I'll go ahead and give you the title of today's message. Today's message is entitled, The Genesis of More. The Genesis of More. So the beginning of more. And I believe that God wants to do more in your life. I believe that God wants to bring you more peace, more joy, I believe that God wants to bring more satisfaction into your relationships, uh, more purpose, more strength. And our hanger verse for the series, you should read the entire chapter to get context, but our verse for this series, and I'm going to read it in the message translation. You should also check out other translations, is Ephesians 3, verse 20. It says this here, God can do anything, you know. And if you have a pen or a highlighter or you're on your phone, Underline this, far more, far more than you could ever imagine or guess or request in your wildest dreams. He does it not by pushing us around, but by working within us, his spirit deeply and gently within us. So God can do far more than you can guess, you can imagine, you can think. Some translations say ask, think, or imagine. And he's not just going to open up heaven and, and just do it. The Bible says he does it from within. So the genesis of more, this is our first point of today if you're taking notes. It's not going to pop up on the screen. But the genesis of more is within. More starts within. It starts in our hearts. It starts in our minds. Um, I have a lot of content today, so um, don't expect a lot of um, I don't know, stories, I don't know. Well, yeah, I'm going to give you some stories. But I got a lot of content today, and I'll try to get you out on at a good time. So here it is, just bullets. You ready? Yeah. All right, I'm in teaching mode. Here it is. Number one, um, fasting draws you closer to God. Fasting draws you closer to God. The word, a biblical fast, if you're taking notes, 
is when you deny yourself physical food for a spiritual purpose. That's a biblical fast. It's not a religious thing. It's not, well, we fast 30 days or 40 days because our religion does it or because mom did it or because grandma did it. No, I'm, I'm, you're making a personal decision to say, I'm going to stop doing some things I normally do, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to seek God. I'm going to get closer to God. As a matter of fact, the word fast means to cover the mouth. The word fast means to cover the mouth. So it's no coincidence that the first meal of the day is breakfast. It's, it's a compound word, break fast. So it's your first meal because you've been fasting while you've been asleep. And so you're drawing closer to God. James, the brother of Jesus, said this in chapter 4. He says, come close to God. Jesus must have taught him this. Come close to God, and God will come close to you. So it's this, it's this I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pursue and approach God. Um, God's there. God is gracious. He's loving. He's kind. But God is kind of like, I'm ready when you're ready. I'm not, he's gentle. He's a gentle man. He's not going to force. Satan, Satan is, is a beast. He'll, he'll make recommendations. He will make requests. Satan will make demands. He'll scream it. He'll whisper it. He'll show it. Satan will do whatever he has to do. But God is just going to say, I'm, I'm here. Yeah. If you need me, I'm here. If you, wanna, if you come, I'll make a step. Yeah. When you make another step, I'll make a step. You need a miracle, you have the faith, I'll step in and do the miracle. Come close to, Jesus must have taught James this principle in the kingdom. Come close to me and I'll come close to you. Fasting is drawing close to God. Fasting is saying, look, uh, I think I'm going to skip breakfast. I'll have some juice and water. Tomorrow when the fast starts, maybe, I don't know if you're going to do a Daniel fast or, 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 or what's called a partial fast, a partial fast or uh, 6 a.m. to 3 p.m. I don't know what you're going to do. I don't know if you're going to do all water. But whatever you do, you're going to switch up what you normally do. So eat today. Like, get it in. Is Rashawn here? Is Rashawn here? I haven't seen him. He owes, That brother owes me mac and cheese. Oh, uh, that's Bruce. All right. I thought he was, I thought he was slipping out. Nice. If y'all see Rashawn, let me know. Mac and cheese and turkey. Where was I at? Come close to God and he will come close to you. So tomorrow you're going to interrupt your, your normal schedule. You can do what's called a soul fast. And that's getting off of social media for the next month. And I'll be, I'll be honest, honest, honest. I am guilty, man. Like every single minute of the day. Anytime I got free time, Instagram. And you're not paying attention to anyone's stuff. You're just, yeah. And it's just so distracting. So draw close to God. Number two, fasting cleans out the closet. Fasting cleans out the closet. One of the great things about moving from Florida to here in the DMV is that in Florida, you, you don't have much of a wardrobe change. Like, we were just there a week ago, right? And three days after Christmas, it's 85, and it's humid. The air is blowing, but we're sweating. You, you, don't have to, you don't have to change wardrobe. As we've come up here, and you guys know this better than us if you're from here, that you put away your winter clothes, and you pull out your spring and your summer clothes. And um, it's just been a joy to go into the closet and say, man, I haven't worn that since we moved here. 
you're going in the trash or you're going to someone else. And when you're cleaning out shoes and you're cleaning out clothes, you're making room for the new stuff. Fasting is cleaning your spirit. Fasting is cleaning out your soul. Fasting is saying, God, for 21 days, I want to zone in on, on pessimism. I want to zone in on negativity. I want to zone in on this addiction in my life. I want you to break it. And it's cleaning that out so that the Holy Spirit can bring something new into your life. I love what it says here, Second Chronicles seven fourteen. This is God. Then if people... If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves, pray, and seek my face, and turn from their wicked ways, I will hear from heaven, and I will forgive their sins and restore their land. So fasting has physical benefits, but more so it has spiritual benefits. Paul even says in the book of Timothy, he says it's good to work out. It's good to be physically healthy, but it's even better to be spiritually healthy because it brings the benefits of in life today and the eternal benefits of heaven when God is going to call you home. It's more important to get your spirit right than it is to get your body right. All right. And so number three, fasting adjusts our priorities. You're going to come to find out, like, <clears throat> when you, uh, number one, uh, so, and I'll, I'll revisit this here in a minute. Um, I encourage you to, as on your way out, um, pick up your more fasting booklet. Uh, this was created in-house. Um, a lot of the devotionals were uh, created by me and, and Pastor Kyra. Um, we, we tell some personal stories in here, some struggles, but um, it all points back to Jesus and, and the power of God and, and the principles of fasting. And um, so I encourage you to pick that up. But number one thing you're going to find out is um, that when we do this more booklet together and in this season is we wake up at 530 in the morning to a fasting prayer call. So it has that information in there. So in the morning, hopefully you're on that call and we're leading a mini devotional. Then we're going to pray and we're done by 6 a.m. But even then, if you're not like an early bird or even if you are an early bird, but you don't put God first in that time, it's going to force us to put God first. 530 to 6. And the differences that it's going to make throughout your day, it's going to be quite supernatural. Fasting adjusts our priorities. These are the words of Jesus here. Um, Can worry make you live longer? Why worry about clothes? Look how the wildflowers grow. They don't work hard to make their clothes. But I tell you that Solomon, who at this time was the richest man in history, with all his wealth, wasn't as well clothed as one of these flowers. God gives such beauty to everything that grows in the fields, even though it is here today and thrown in the fire tomorrow. He says God cares for these things, even though it's temporary. And he says this here, God gives such beauty to everything. Sorry, here it is. He will surely, here it is, do even more for you. You see that? He will surely do even more for you. Why do you have such little faith? Don't worry and ask yourself, will we have anything to eat? Will we have anything to drink? Will we have any clothes to wear? People who don't know God are always worrying about such things, not the church. Not the church. The church doesn't worry about that stuff. People who don't know God, is my job going to lay me off? They might. It might happen. But you, should, you shouldn't worry about it. Are, are we going to go in the negative this week? You might. But don't worry about it. Is the house going to fall? Man, let me tell you something. Let me break through all this. We're, we're dealing with the city right now as it concerns moving into this building. And it's been like a Okay, all right, yeah, all right, we, we, all right, yes, we got a yes there, we got a no here. 
Let's start over. Okay. Okay. We got progress here. Then what a per, uh, uh, use and occupancy permit. What the heck is that? Fire code. What is that? What is that? Man, I just told the church that we're getting in the building, you know. <laughs> oh, okay. Don't worry. Don't worry. And then Jesus is going to give you the key as to, as to why you shouldn't worry, what you should be focusing on. Only people who don't know God. Your Father in heaven knows that you need all of these things. He knows all of your needs. And he says this here, but more than anything else, here it is, put God's work first and do what he wants. Fasting is putting God not just first, but at the center of your life. That's, that's what you're going to do here. Then the other things will be yours as well. The other things will be yours as well. So, so seek first. This, this verse says here in some translations, seek first the kingdom of heaven, and then all things will be added unto you. Whenever we're having some struggles in our marriage, it's, it's because we're not seeking the kingdom first. You, you don't, you're not, I'm not, we're just kind of, we're operating. I'm, I'm here, and the boys are here, and I'm husband, your wife, and we're parents. But, but we're, we're struggling. We, we need to stop. We need to pray. We need to fast. We need to, where are we not putting God first in our marriage? Where are we not bringing the conversation to the Lord? Where are, we not, where are we not putting God first? Because if we don't, we will continue to lack, and things will continue to hemorrhage in our lives. But we want to plug that up by putting God first. The fourth thing, fasting is a natural act that leads to a supernatural outcome. It's a natural act that leads to supernatural outcome. Luke 4. <laughs> then Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, he was just baptized, returned from the Jordan River. He was led by the Spirit in the wilderness. I hit, the, I hit this, I hit a good transition at 930, so let me flow with God here. Jesus was led into and in the wilderness. And I get it. We get the cute thing. The year of more, that just sounds so great, right? More, more, more. And I even just said it, more peace, more joy. I get all that. More, 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 more. But sometimes before you step into more, God will intentionally lead you into a season of less and into a season of stretch. God took Jesus. It doesn't say Satan. God took Jesus into the wilderness. There is no resource. There is no food. It's cold at night and it's hot during the day. There are scary animals around, and the Spirit of God took his son, whom he just said, I am well pleased, and I love you. He, he, the guy, he just said, you're the Savior, you're the Messiah. Um, he came out of the baptism waters, I am well pleased, and I love you. Now, let's take your little butt on into the wilderness, because I got something to teach you. I'm trying to grow you. And a lot of us, you know, we're, we're going to try to speed through 2020 and reach the blessing of God. And, and God's saying, but I got to lead you through a wilderness. And, and God's just like, let me, let me take your hand. And you're going to be going with God. And you're going to try to fight God. A lot of us right now, we're fighting God. God's like, just let me, just let me, t- just let me take your hand. It's like, Lord, I've been, I'm, I've been stuck here since 2015. Just let, it's going to be hard. Just let me take your 
Man, I can attest to that. I can, I can personally attest to that. Almost 14 years now following Christ. It's been a lot of this. I don't want to go. Do you want more? Yeah. You get slouchy on God. You make, you make God carry dead weight, right? <laughs> Judah is killing me with that crap right now. We're, you know, all, all this traveling, I'm holding this brother's hand. He be... Get, you, get up. Get up. Just walk with me, right? And, you know, you know I'm guilty of it, too, just... But God's like, I, I got I to take you through this pain. I got to take you through it. And it says this here. It says, verse 2, where he was tempted by the devil for 40 days. Jesus ate nothing all that time, so he fasted. But this is the result. Luke 4, verse 14. Then Jesus returned. Right before he started his ministry, filled with the Holy Spirit's power. That's the supernatural outcome. So why am I fasting, Pastor? Are we just not eating? Are we just praying? No, no, you're fasting because, once again, God is trying to impart something into you during this season. It says he, in the Holy Spirit's power, reports about him spread quickly through the whole region. A lot of times before God promotes you or elevates you or opens doors for you, he has to empty you. He has to make sure you're still with him even when it's tough. That even, even when it's not lining up, even when the money isn't there, even when the people aren't there, he has to make sure that you're still with him through the wilderness. Then the strength, then the wisdom, then the power, then the promotion comes. And sometimes this wilderness can last way beyond the fast. It can last for years. But are you, are you with me? Because when, when I'm finished with you, it's going to be supernatural. There, there are stories all throughout this book where the children of Israel would fast for supernatural protection and God would give protection. Um, there is a, um, there's a story in Mark 9, I'll probably teach about it next week, where the disciples, they could not cast out a demon. He, he gave them power and authority to cast out demons, and they couldn't cast out this particular demon. So they bring it to Jesus. They bring this little boy to Jesus, and Jesus asked the father, what's going on? What's the situation here? And the father says, I brought him to your disciples, but they couldn't heal my son. And he looked at them. He looked at his disciples. He said, you're such a faithless generation. He slapped him up a little bit. And then he said, bring the boy to me. You see, we think Jesus was lily in the fields. No, he slapped you up a little bit. Then he'll heal you. Bring the boy to me. <laughs> What's the deal? Well, you know, he's been throwing himself in the water and in the fire. He was suicidal. He, he was having some things going on. Yeah. It's okay. So he said, unpure and unclean spirit, come out. And the spirit convulsed the boy, and the spirit left. And the disciples are like, but you gave us authority. You, we, we go to church. We read the Bible. We, we church people. We Jesus people. We, we post about your verses online and, and Jeremiah 29, 11 and John 3, 16. And uh, February, we post uh, 1 Corinthians 13 online. We uh, love love chapter for February. We do all that. We, we Jesus. We get Christians. Why, why couldn't we cast out the demon? Jesus said that this kind only comes out through prayer and fasting. There are certain this kinds in your life that will, church won't do it. Taking notes won't do it. Serving won't do it. Offering won't do it. Prayer won't do it. Praise won't do it. 
there are certain things that will come out, potential in the bad stuff, that won't come out until you fast and pray. That's what makes it supernatural. And these were the guys that when Jesus went to heaven, he was going to leave the, 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 the church into their hands. But they had to understand, I'm calling you to a lifestyle of fasting. Don't allow January to be the only time that you fast. Feel that thing. Feel the Holy Spirit in April. If you feel like you're getting dull, if you're slowing down, if your passion for God is waning and it's lacking, you need to fast for a day. You need to fast for three days. Sometimes I'll throw a three-day fast on it. It'll be uh, Daniel fast. I, I just need to slow down. I need to get away from things, and I need to get in your word and fast. I come out of that three days, okay, I'm back. I'm ready to go. Yeah. Throw a fast on it, okay? I want to give, um, give you three fasting focuses, okay? Number one, God is going to call you to exercise your faith. Exercise your faith. Here it is. Hebrews 11, verse 1 says, faith shows the reality of what we hope for. It is the evidence of things we cannot see. God is going to first show it to you. Then it's going to take time for him to manifest it. You'll start at A. He's going to show you Z. He's not going to show you B through Y. It's going to take time. God, God has shown you things. You don't have it tangibly yet. You can't feel it yet. There was a day, and I said this uh, at Christmas service, there was a day where highlight, all it was was pencil, pad, and writing. All I had was a picture. There was a day where all I had for, for my marriage was a picture. There was, there was a day, Jesus, there was a day, there was a day. I knew it. God said, you're going to have a boy. Your, your first biological child will be a boy. My oldest son is Jaziel. Everyone knows, most people know, he's not biologically mine. He's my son. But God said, your first child is going to be a boy. He's going to look like you. But he didn't tell me that the boy was going to have his mother's hair. <laughs> so he looks just like me, but he got Kyra's hair. But, but it was a picture. It was a picture. And I love fasting because fasting, this isn't even in my notes, so this is God. Fasting builds endurance. Golly, is day, is day four? Yes. We've got 17 more to go. Because the things you want in your life require endurance. It requires sticking to it. If you want to live pure and you're waiting on that person or whatever, that requires endurance. Right. And so studying for for those of you who are pursuing degrees, bachelors, masters, uh, PhDs, big time jobs, businesses that requires endurance. So faith. Oh, Lord, I feel this bills endurance. Fasting bills endurance. And it says this here, verse two, through faith, the people in days of old earned a good reputation through faith. Everyone that you read in this Bible that God used in a great way. They were commemorated by heaven for their faith. So God would show them something, and they'd just believe it. And they'd have to believe it again and believe it again. God would give Abraham a promise. He, he disappeared for 10 years. He'd check in to see if Abraham still believed in that thing. Abraham would struggle a little bit because he was human, but he still had trust in God. And it says that when you have faith, heaven recognizes. 
Other people fall off. Other people call you crazy. Other people say, I don't, I don't do that church stuff. I don't do that God stuff. But you know God has showed you something. And God's going to honor that faith. God has shown you something. He's shown you something. And right now, as you press in by faith, you're building your reputation in heaven. And that's the only place you want to build your reputation in, is in heaven. I love this here. Verse 3, by faith, we understand that the entire universe was formed at God's command. That what we now see, I love this here, did not come from anything that can be seen. That's the essence of faith. That sky you see out there, it had its origin in something you cannot see. Jesus said in John 4, verse 24, God is spirit. The word spirit in the Greek is pneuma. That's where we get pneumonia, breath. You can't see breath. Dennis, you're catching this. The universe came from breath. The trees, the sun, the moon, the stars, the sky, it came from nothing you can see. That's faith. And then Paul says we live by faith, not by sight. During this fast, the Holy Spirit's going to show you some things. He's going to call you to some things. And the first thing you're going to be tempted to say is I can't see that. That's not your job. Your job is to trust it. Your job is to walk in it. Your job is to obey. Your job is to step forward. It all comes from nothing we can see. Nothing we can see. You ought to read the Psalms. David couldn't see. David couldn't see, but he poured out his heart to God. He'd struggle. He'd cry. He'd talk about the victories. He'd write hallelujah. He'd praise the Lord. He couldn't see. He couldn't see. There were men, there were thousands of men over here, hundreds over here, hundreds here, hundreds here. There are people he could not trust in his camp. He could not see. He was always fearful that someone was out to get him. He was always fearful that the promise that God gave him would not come to pass. But he had faith. Just because you have faith, it doesn't mean you won't have fear. Sometimes fear is the primary indication that you do have faith. Can I just tell you something? I'm scared as heck to move into this building. I don't know what to think. I don't know if y'all go get lazy on me. Oh, we made it. We're in a building. So I'd be like, nah, we ain't moving to no building. We still go set up and tear down. I'm scared. But what I'm saying is, is that God is going to, call you to take steps of faith. He's going to say in, in, in a month after this fast, I need you to call that person and let them know you forgive them. Yeah. I, I, need you to, I need you to stay at this job another three years. Well, I ain't working out. I don't like it. I didn't ask you that. I need you to stay at the job. Because I, I, got, a, I got a plan. He's going to call you to take steps of faith. So with that, practically, what I want to encourage you with is you need to get a fasting journal. You ought to be writing this down. Get a fasting journal. I normally, every January 1st uh, message, I'll have my journals throughout the year. Get a fasting journal. Habakkuk chapter 2, the prophet says, um, write the vision. Sometimes the most spiritual thing you can do is write. Y'all think it's prayer. Y'all think it's singing. 
Sometimes the most spiritual thing you can do is write. Get a fasting journal. There are journals this thick at home, answer prayers. There are journals this thick at home, God hasn't answered yet. But because he's answered these prayers, I know he's going to answer these prayers. So, so, so get a fasting journal during these next 21 days and use this as a resource. Stick to this thing. This thing is, let me flip to something real good. I did that at the 9.30. Oh, whew. day 13. I don't think you want that. I don't think you want that. And so we have a little devotional and some follow through for you. So this was Joshua 7.1. But Israel violated the instructions about the things set apart for the Lord. A man named Achan. I did a leadership teaching with you guys called the Achan Effect. When we open the building, we're going to have high-rise nights. where All we're teaching is culture and leadership principles. I think it'll be every first or last Wednesday of the month. And I'll teach the Achan Effect. Let me see here. A man named Achan had stolen some of these dedicated things, so the Lord was very angry with, Is- with the Israelites. They were approaching the promised land. God said, look, um, the good thing is not always the God thing. And a lot of us, we, we step out too soon on opportunities that aren't from God. And so God had this big old land. I, I love this. God had this, all this land promised to Achan. As a matter of fact, Achan was a part of the tribe of Judah. And if you would go and study historically, when the Israelites moved into the promised land, into Israel, Judah, the tribe, received the biggest patch of land out of all 12 tribes. In their conquest to take the, the promised land, Achan, he's a soldier, they fought, they go into a city. God said, don't steal the loot. So Achan is in a small tent not knowing that his tribe is about to inherit the biggest patch of land. And Achan finds this little silver and this gold and all this stuff, and he takes it and he hides it. He's small mindsets. He's sacrificing all this stuff. So they go into war and they lose. And Joshua's like, man, why did we lose? God, what is going on? He's, he's tearing his clothes. He's throwing ashes. And he's like... God said, man, get up. That's enough, all that religious stuff. Get up. There is sin in the... That's what... Read it. Read it. It's in there. Joshua 6. Bro, get up. Let me tell you what's going on. There's sin in the camp. There's small minds. There's a lack of faith. There's a lack of conviction. There's religion in the camp. And so Joshua's like, all right. All right, y'all, let's go. Through the, through the Holy Spirit, Judah, the clan, the family, Achan. He says, show me your house, open it up. All that silver and gold. He said, why have you sinned against the Lord? And he said, now your family, everyone shall die. No, that's tough. God was purging sin because it was preventing them from getting to everything that God had for them. Achan missed the fact that what God had promised was far more than what he got caught up in. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to preach more, 
what point were we on? We were on exercising your faith. There it is. God is going to take, God is going to place things on your heart that require steps of faith. And sometimes just because it's good don't mean it's God. Oh, pastor, I got a brand new job. It's salary and it's everything. It's going to be 80 grand. Insurance, everything, 100,000. Does it take you away from Sunday worship? Something failed. That was right on time. I know you didn't mean to, but it was like the Holy Spirit said, that'll hit. If they don't catch it, I'm going to make them catch it. Bye. Right? Does it take you away from worshiping God on Sunday? It's not God. Well, you know, Pastor Kyra, I, I can't serve because I got this brand new opportunity, this boyfriend. He won't come to church. Is he going to come or is he not? Did you even ask your pastor, should you even date him? Everything that good is not God. So even bypassing opportunities is a step of faith. Sometimes taking the smaller opportunity is the greater step of faith. If it means growing in the right area. So exercising your faith. Be, be ready. I'm a, be ready. It'd be day seven of this fast. God is going to say something crazy. You're going to be like, that ain't God. God's going to be like, it is me. I'm just saying. Y'all, all right, I'll stick to my script because that's where y'all want me. Number two, fix your focus. And um, I've been pastoring for almost seven years, six, seven years. Three years here at Highlight, there's, there's something that I'm, I'm having to build a, some thick skin for um, because at first it really breaks your heart. What I'm starting to see even early on in ministry is destinies being averted and destroyed because we won't fix our focus. We'll, we'll, start, off in something, we'll start off on something in January. By February 14th, we're not doing that thing anymore that we said we would do. You know, we'll, we'll say, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm committed to this. I'm committed to this relationship, this thing. We'll start out in, in November, the guy's moving out the house. The guy's leaving his family. The girl's doing this. The girl. Something happens with the focus. Right. Yeah. And um, I love this Philippians, um, no, Proverbs 4.23 says this, I think we got it wrong, Proverbs 4.23 says, be careful how you think your life is shaped by your thoughts. That's Proverbs 4.23, good news translation. Be careful how you think your life is shaped by your thoughts. Your life will continue to take on the shape of your thoughts. We did a, a, a message in summertime saying like how negativity literally changes the shape of your physical brain, it, 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 your life. So how are you thinking? What are, you, what are your thoughts like? I was, uh, I was telling my wife while we were away this past week or so, I told her, I said, babe, this is a no-nonsense year. I said, yeah, this, this is a no-nonsense year because we're focused on something. And, and so I was telling 930 that, um, a lot of people are going to think that we're mean this year. I have pastor mean. No, I love you. 
It's just a no-nonsense year. If we're playing PlayStation or Xbox or the kids hanging out, we're kicking it, we're at the barbecue, we're at Memorial Day, we're good, we're chilling, we're cracking up, that's cool. But if we're having an intentional meeting, and if I feel within five minutes it's just, you don't want to talk about nothing, you don't got any questions, you don't want to grow, we're ending the meeting. It's a no-nonsense year. There was a lot of nonsense last year that we just allowed to ride. And it, was, it wasted time, it wasted energy, it wasted emotion. So I texted you, Chow, a week ago, and I said, hey, Chow, um, what are you praying for during this uh, season of more? What do you believe in God for? And, and Chow said, uh, Chow got real, we love Chow. Chow's awesome. Ch- Come on, give it up for Chow. You ready? Just, just build you up a little bit. Chow said, uh, kingdom advancement and kingdom progress. And I texted him back. I said, what does that mean? I said, what does that mean, man? I said, what is, what is that? And, and he texted uh, a verse in Second Chronicles chapter 1, verse 1. He broke it down. It was amazing. And I said, you are more of a pastor than I am because I was not thinking that, 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 that. And so I texted him back, babe, give me my phone. I texted him back. I didn't get all deep. We love child. (laughs) We search stuff differently. She goes to the search bar. I'm just like, all right, so. Yeah, so he, yeah, he said uh, kingdom advancement and kingdom position. How about you? I said, uh, what's kingdom position mean for you? He explained it. I said, well, for me, more impact. I'm praying for more opportunities, more leaders, more salvations, more resource, more miracles, more spiritual maturity, more revelation, more full-time staff, more traveling, more worship experiences, laying the foundation for more campuses, more laborers. I'm praying for more, more, more. More, 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 more. Get away from Aiken this year. Get away from Aiken. Get away. Love people, but get away from people who are in the same position in 2020 that they were in in 2017. They're laughing at the same jokes. Spending all this time on social media. Get away. More. This is a no-nonsense year. Because there's too much in store. There's too much potential. There's too much destiny. Get away. Get away. Get away. This is the year of more. More. More this. More that. More this. No-nonsense year. Oh, yeah, I was brushing my teeth last week. Yeah, I got some stories. It's a long toothbrush. <laughs> I'm having a good time. This is cool. I'm happy to see you guys. I miss you. And I promise you, it's like the Holy Spirit said, this is the year you fight. And I know what he's talking about. He said, you took too many blows last year. Boy, we took some blows. I just posted a post on Instagram, and you can check that out. We took blows like nobody knows. And, and last year it was like, uh, 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 
He said, this year you fight. He said, this year you talk back. And they're going to say the same. He mean. Yes, this is the year I fight. Because my kids have to eat. My kids have to know that God loves them. My, my wife has to be protected. This church has to be protected. The people we're called to reach need to be reached. This is the year we're talking back and we're fighting, we're fighting, we're fighting, we're fighting. Because this is the thing. People think just because you're a Christian, you're just supposed to pull one of these. Let me straighten out my shirt so you can walk on it. Especially when you're a pastor. Oh, yeah, I, I'm your spiritual covering. I'm, I'm your leader. Come walk on me. You got the game messed up. This is the year you find. I'm thinking about, man, God, that, that is you. Let me think about this. Moses fought. Joshua fought. David fought. Jesus would slap the Pharisees a few times and heal somebody. They were all fighters. So I get it. I love you. I love God. I'll be kind. I'll be nice. But you're not going to walk over me this year because we're heading to more. More. Aiken, come on over here. I ain't playing. You cannot play with your destiny. All right. I'll get back. Is that good? Sorry. Okay. Um, Philippians 4, 8 says this, fix your thoughts on what is true, honorable and right, pure and lovely, admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. The word there, fix in the Greek is value. So if there's a thought that hits your life and it devalues you, toss it. If it elevates your value and the value of Jesus in your life, keep it. That's what Paul is saying to the church in Philippi. Yes, I'll say it. We're in a Bible study. I love that. It says this here. The word there, fix, in the Greek means value. If there's a thought that comes into your life and it devalues you, it puts you down. It puts down your potential, your future, your faith. If there's a person that Satan is using to put you down, toss them. I'm going to love you over here. If there's a thought that elevates your value, the value of Jesus in your life, cling on to it. You will make it. You will pass. You will grow. You will heal. You will be stronger. There is more. You hold on to that. I feel this. I feel this. I feel this. This is the, yes, it's the year of more, but this is also the year of subtle spiritual attacks. Watch this. This is not in my notes. This is subtle. Satan is not going to attack you face on this year. He's going to attack you with opportunities, distractions, and words. And he's not going to scream this year. It's going to be subtle. A lot of you also, I'm standing here. A lot of you also, you got to get rid of this fear, this FOMO. And that is the fear of missing out. I want to encourage you with this. You don't have to be everywhere with everyone all the time. Find a group. 
Grow with that group of people. You don't need to be meeting up with this person in Hawaii. You don't need to be over here in Alaska. You, don't, you need to find your group of two or three friends that are going in the same direction you're heading in. Love everyone else, but stop trying to be every. You can be friendly, but God has not called you to be everyone's friend. That's one of the greatest ways to destroy your life. So this is the year of more with subtle attacks. All right? All right, here it is. Fasting focus. Improve your commitments. God is going to come. I love this. Oh, Lord, I love love this story. So Nehemiah was called to build the walls of Jerusalem. Uh, Walls were important. Protection and uh, worship, you know, walls, walls sealed a city. There were no walls in Jerusalem. So the enemy camps were stealing everything, abusing the people of God. Nehemiah was a cupbearer for the king of Persia. And so he went to build the wall. So Samballot and Geshem, Nehemiah 6, verse 2, says this here. Y'all okay? We're almost done, I promise. Nehemiah 6, verse 2, says this. So Samballot and Geshem sent a message. Is it up? Nehemiah 6, verse 2. Here it is. So Samballot and Geshem sent a message asking me to meet them at one of the villages in the plain of, oh, no. Y'all must be hungry or something. 9.30. They be up and ready. Y'all be like, Pastor, hurry up. I'm hungry. That's why you fasting tomorrow. Because you, you worship food. And so do I. <laughs> All right. I'm, let me get us on. So Sam Ballard and Gasham, they were haters, said, meet us in the plain of oh no. That's another thing. Common sense is going to be your best friend this year. There are things you don't even have to pray about anymore. Should I do it? No. The cars are going that way. You don't walk. That's common sense. Okay, sorry. But I realized they were plotting to harm me. Subtle. So I replied, sending this message to them. I'm I'm engaged in a great work, so I can't come. Here it is. Why should I stop working? To come and meet with you. Here it is. Four times they sent the same. Come on, meet with me. Let's talk about this thing. What we got to talk about? I'm going in this direction. You're going in that direction. What do we have to Satan person? What do we have to talk about? You're you're committed to this. I'm committed to this. Why we meet? You know. Watch this. Four times they sent the same message. G status. Each time I gave the same reply. God is going to use people this year to get you off the things that he's called you to commit to. the, the, The enemy is going to use people to get you off of things that God has called you to commit to. So the spirit of God is calling you to improve your commitment by investing more into prayer studying healthy community. Another way you can improve your commitments, and we're going to finish this off here, is by drawing back on some things you've committed from, committed to. Draw back. There are some things you need to draw back on this year if God is going to bring more into your life. Draw back from it. Do your kids really need to be in 10 sports? 
It's only 12 months. We're, we're part of baseball. I'm loose right now. We're going to go home soon. We're in baseball. Hey, Sue, what are you doing after baseball? Well, little Johnny has swimming. We're actually not going to finish the game. Hey, what are you guys doing after swimming? Well, little Johnny has golf. He actually won't finish his swimming. Your marriage is on the highway to divorce. Draw back on something. I, I was talking to someone who doesn't even go to church. And, 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 and she's not church at all. She, she listens to Joel Osteen to get her church in. She's not church at all, uh, lifestyle, all that. But she said one thing. She, she said, you're a pastor, right? I heard about you. I said, yeah, sure. She said, um, can you explain to me why we're so busy in society? This is a woman who doesn't know Christ. And I said, it's because we're so committed to the point where we're not committed to what's most important. During this fast, God is going to say, hey, chop that, chop that, lean into that. Lean into that. All right. All right. This is why. Number one, God is the God of increase. Come on and close me out, worship. We're going to go home. Y'all okay out there? God's the God of increase. I'll give you one verse. These are some promises. First Chronicles 4.10 says this here. One day he prayed to Israel's God. This is Jabez. Please bless me and give me a lot of land. Be with me so I will be safe from harm. And God did what Jabez had asked. He's the God of increase. He's the God of increase. Get that tattooed in your heart. He is the God of increase. And number two, he is the God of better. Job 42.12a says this, so the Lord blessed Job in the second half of his life even more than in the beginning. This is why you can't give up. Can't give up. Can't give up. Some of you, it's going to be your first time ever fasting, but God is starting that endurance thing in your life. Second, third time, fourth, fifth. For, for, for UPK, I think it's going to be your seventh or eighth. For me, it's going to be 14. 14, but it's built such an endurance, and, and it just, life gets harder, but it gets better. The second half of his life. Some of you, you think it's over. You haven't seen your best days. You haven't seen them. It get, he's the God of better. And I love this, Isaiah 61, 3. To all who mourn in Israel, he will give a crown of beauty for ashes. That mourning's going to stop soon. A joyous blessing instead of mourning. Festive praise instead of despair. That depression is going to lift up during this fast. In their righteousness, they will be like great oaks that the Lord has planted for his own glory. Fasting is going to unlock better in your life. And I, I can't wait to be with you guys starting at 530 in the morning. Let's pray. Father, we love you. <clears throat> we give you glory and honor. And God, I pray that you would continue to give us the strength that we need, Lord. Lord, we want to obey you. We want to trust you. We're going to step out and we're going to draw close to you. 
at the top of the year, Jesus, you said, seek first the kingdom of heaven and everything else will be added to you, God. So we're going to seek you first at the top of the year. We want to create room for you to do more in our lives in 2020. Now, with every head bowed, if you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, I'm going to give you an opportunity to come to him today. He loves you with an unfailing love. And he knows right where you are in life. He knows your struggles. He understands your pain. And he's working. I just want to give you an opportunity to make him Savior. So if that be you and you say, Lord, I'm far from you. I don't know you, but I want to give you my heart today. If you want to come back to God, you can do that as well. Pray this prayer with me. You don't have to repeat it out loud. Right there in your seat. Father God, I believe that Jesus is the Son of God. Come into my heart, Lord. I am yours, Lord. I turn from my old lifestyle. And I thank you for your blood that was shed on the cross for the forgiveness of my sin. I give you all the glory and the praise. Thank you for a new year. Lord, create in me a new heart and a new spirit. I am yours. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, with every head bowed, if you prayed that prayer for the first time, or if you're coming back to God today, just want to acknowledge it. Just raise your hand. You don't have to raise it high. Just raise your hand. Come to Christ today. Hallelujah. God bless you. You can put that hand down. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. All right, church, let's celebrate. Let's celebrate. Hallelujah. Salvation. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you. If you came back to Christ or if you came to Christ for the first time today, I want you to meet us out at the blue tent. We want to pray for you and encourage you. We have a gift for you. Thank you guys so much. Have an amazing week.